What has this offseason taught us about the direction of the wide receiver market in the NFL? What should we be keeping an eye on over the next 12 months? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. The Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joe, happy national RIP Twitter day to you. Do we just call it X? Is that the deal? X? Just X? Yes, that makes us a couple of X-Men. And I know oh. how much you love your comics and cartoons. Did you have that queued up or did was that off the cuff right there? I had seen somebody. There's a bunch of jokes about the letter X and its implementation into what the platform formerly known as Twitter provides to users. And so they, they people are having a ball with it and not not necessarily everybody was happy about it. I think the uproar. Is entertaining. It is what it is, though. Right. Man, I just want to get news and I want to share some thoughts from time to time, right. share some content, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff you know, like that. You know what I recently just found out? Your Instagram handle is not the same as your Twitter handle. Yeah, I don't like that. Isn't I that almost tagged some poor schlep who decided he it was appropriate for him to take your, your Twitter handle with Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we could talk to him. I don't know. I don't like having those different, but that's the underscore the Joe Marino or the, the yeah. Instagram is the underscore Joe Marino. Make sure everybody knows. Yeah, find you. Come and follow at the Joe Marino on Instagram. Follow it Come. on. Follow him on X. Yeah, X the Joe Marino. We got to update the logos here on the, the right. stream. Right. Yeah, here, everything so. you everything you took for granted. We're we're just gonna right. have to right. You know, the, 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 things are in flux, but things are also in flux with the wide receiver market, y'all. They are, Kyle. This is going to be a fascinating conversation. We're going to do it like we've done the other position groups and really talk about the dynamics of each market. Um, but what's interesting is this has been a quiet offseason for wide receivers. And I don't think next offseason is going to be quiet. And last offseason was absolutely not quiet, but this one yeah. was fairly quiet. So we want to start by reflecting on you know what the big moves were at wide receiver this offseason and the biggest move was like Alan Lazard four years 44 million Jacoby Myers four years 33 Juju Smith Schuster three years 25 and a half Odell yeah Odell gets one year 15 DeAndre Hopkins two years 26 Thielen three years 25 everything else was pretty modest outside of that especially when you're coming off of an offseason where you saw massive trades and extensions handed out to Devontae Adams, what Tyreek Hill got, A.J. Brown, Steph Diggs got an extension, Cooper Cup, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, 
all these guys got the bag, all these north of $20 million a year contracts. And this year, the highest AAV we got was 11? On a significant duration deal, right? Like, because Nuke got two. It's like, okay, he got, what, 18? No, 13. Two years, years 26, so 13. 13. Odell got one for 15. Yeah. Like the longer term deals. And I think that's, that's funny too, because you mentioned 2021, but how about like 2022 when like Nelson Aguilar got, yeah, what was it 11 million or whatever it was? Yeah. Like at least the players who got, I, I would take the players who got $11 million this year over the players who got $11 million two years ago when the cap was smaller. Yeah. So it's a bigger deal. Even that Christian Kirk deal last year was a big talking point. And I mean, joke was on everybody that had a joke about it, right? Because he went out there and produced and looks right. like he's a nice player for them. But like that was even like $17 million a season. Um, so it's been it's been interesting. And you know, I think there's been a really nice influx of wide receiver talent into the NFL throughout the last several NFL drafts. And it's not just first round guys, you've been getting plenty of huge impact from first round guys, but it's also a lot of guys on day two that are coming in and, and producing right away. This isn't the NFL anymore where you draft a receiver in the first round and like two, three years later, they wind up mattering, you know, like it was kind of in the nineties, these guys can come in and produce quicker. And I think that uh, the college ranks have been quite good at populating the NFL with meaningful wide receiver talent that can produce as rookies. Yeah. And obviously some of that has to come back to kind of the changing style of the college game, right? You see more spread offenses. You see kind of that's the focus in the seven on seven culture has kind of seeped its way up now where I think a lot Mm -hmm. of these receivers are uh, more well-equipped for what it takes to win and play at a high level at the NFL with kind of learning the nuances earlier as young players and then getting that reinforcement in college and obviously the league's own evolutions of, of how it plays offensive football and the prevalence of 11 personnel and um, kind of the, the test now isn't, can you get open and catch the football? The the test now for the uniqueness is because so many guys have better route running in my mind and kind of have uh, are, are more prepared for that component of it. It's, what else can you do? And that's mm-hmm. what makes the players unique. It's no longer, okay, like you're going to be a slot guy or, okay, you're going to be an outside guy and you're going to run this route tree and fit within our offense. It's what else can you really bring to the table? Or maybe are you a bigger bodied player that can do some of the same things as a wide receiver? Like that's where the uniqueness is of it now. It's no longer, oh, this guy's really unique because he runs routes and he's going to be able to separate against NFL defenders early on in his career because you're seeing a lot of that. dude. This makes me want to go back all the way to high school and just I'm thinking about watching high school football throughout my life. And, you know, my brother played at Sun Valley High School in North Carolina and Sun Valley High School is significant for a couple of reasons. Um, But I'll start with this. My brother played there in the late 90s. They didn't throw the football at all. I mean, if you saw three, four, five passing attempts, that was a pass heavy game. And, you know, it was sweep right, sweep left. Right. And that was pretty much how it was against everyone that they faced. And this is the late 90s. Fast forward, Sun Valley High School produced Sam Howell, who threw the football all the time, right? All the time. And 
They, the quarterback that was before Sam Howell was Kevin Saxon, who's now one of Andy Reid's assistant coaches. So, like, that, dude, do you realize what that, like, in less than 30 years of high school football, you went from not throwing the football to now having an NFL starter and an NFL assistant coach offensively for the best offense in the league? And a lot of that is because seven-on-seven seven culture, you now play more often. The focus in which you are honing your skills is totally different. And what do we have now? We have a dearth of offensive line talent. Everybody needs better offensive line. Right. Right. But everybody's got a guy that can run run routes. It's 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 a fat it, it it is a testament to how all of this does tie together. And I think it's really interesting, too. You listen to a lot of coaches talk, they talk about how a lot of concepts trickle up in football. Yes. The new ideas and the experimentation and stuff. Coaches reference a lot of that stuff that starts at the lower levels and then works its way up. And now you're seeing that with with kind of the culture of the game and the positions that players are are primed and prepared to make an impact sooner. In. Yeah, I think it's for the good, though. I'll say that. Like, I yeah. think it's good. Like simplifying football. I lo- I'll never forget the quote from Lincoln Riley. If your system isn't quarterback friendly, then your system's bad. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to right. make this harder than it has to be? on these players. So it's been a fascinating evolution here uh, when it comes to the wide receiver market and a lot of very interesting expiring contracts that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But first these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So our objective now is to look forward. We've reviewed what happened. We have 2024 upcoming expiring contracts, contract extension, eligible players, and Joe, you kind of teased this when you said you think 2024 will be much more active in the wide receiver market than 2023. And that's because you've got two, just to start, you have two thirds of the Cincinnati Bengals vaunted 11 <laughs> personnel wide receiver room. Yeah. That is expiring contracts. And there's no fifth year option for T. Higgins. Like that's nope. not on the table. So I think that the, the T. Higgins one's. One is, is, I think, especially interesting when you consider what they're probably going to have to pay Jamar Chase and get ready for the Joe Burrow extension. And Tyler Boyd is 30, and he's a slot receiver, and he's been handsomely rewarded as being a slot receiver. I'll be mocking wide receivers to Cincinnati early because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're both coming back, right? Kyle, you sold it short. Tyler Boyd's also an expiring contract. So Higgins right and Boyd are expiring. Then Jamar Chase, they have to get the, the fifth-year option the thing figured out. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like, are you really going to live in a world where Burrow is north of 50, Chase is north of 25, and 
Higgins is around there, 20 to 25? You might, but that means you're definitely not bringing back Tyler Boyd, and you'll, you'll be bringing yeah. in a day two wide receiver. Right. I'm sure they love the love for Charlie Jones to show some flashes this year as a successor to sure. Tyler Boyd. But yeah, I think I think the Bengals certainly have a lot to consider with their wide receivers. Uh, another big name in terms of young guys is Michael Pittman with the Colts, who was a draft pick of theirs, who's produced despite very inconsistent options at quarterback. Um, and I'm sure that they will love to pair him with Anthony Richardson for a long time. So that's another big one. Uh, you've got other guys, Darnell Mooney. Yeah, if he's healthy. Produces this year. That's another name. Calvin I, Ridley. I didn't, I didn't realize Mooney's still on his rookie deal. Why do I feel like he signed something? But you're probably right. I just know over the cap has his APY at eight hundred ninety four thousand dollars. Yeah, twenty twenty. Wow. You've got um, Calvin Ridley. That I mean, I, yeah. that obviously could be Ultimate a really good situation, there, right? Yeah. Mike Evans. I mean, if if Hop's yeah. getting thirteen, if Odell's getting fifteen, come on, like there's going to be some money out there for Evans. Marquise Brown, Marquise Brown. They traded first round pick for him. I know that that was a different regime, but and and uh, so the the interesting thing about Hollywood is that was not the group that brought him in, right? But who else are you paying right now? Kyler, who you might be getting ready to, if you're as bad as we think you are and you have a chance to draft Caleb Williams. DJ Humphreys is who you're paying? Right. So if Zach Ertz. If you were the Cardinals and you were told you could sign Hollywood Brown right now, but you have to give him the Christian Kirk contract, are you taking it? I take too much exception with Hollywood Brown and like putting a lot into him given his stature, the injury history, I would probably lean into some other players. So you would not sign him to the Christian Kirk contract. I don't think I wouldn't do it, even though I, in, I think that's what of a rising tide of wide receiver salaries. Correct. I wouldn't do it because there's also a rising tide of young players coming into the league. Okay. You've also got Gabe Davis, who I think is going to fall into that Lazard Myers world around 11 million a season. So we'll see. Fifth year option choices, Kyle. How about these? Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. And then there's like Kadarius Tony and Rashad Bateman. Who, see, Tony already tweaked his knee. And other news, water is wet. And Bateman was on, did not report for like 24 hours. As it's like it up. the two guys that needed to do the most, right? Yeah, at least at at least Bateman's like you're optimistic that one will smooth over quickly. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy, but he's he's got to stay healthy and play. Didn't yeah. Lamar even say like who's wide receiver one? He's like Rashad Bateman, not Zay Flowers, not Odell. Let me ask you this: Is there anything that Kadarius Tony could do right now? that you would justify giving him the fifth-year option, knowing that it is fully guaranteed money? And same thing, same question for Rashad Bateman. No, dude, no, there's no chance. If I'm Kansas City and I saw what Pat did after trading away Tyreek Hill, 
I'm not going to be that interested in committing to a receiver that has significant availability issues. Now do Baltimore with Rashad Bateman. I just drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. I mean, I'm I feel like I have a I don't know, dude. I would have a really hard time just even if they're fully healthy this year, right? Because the sample size of when they will have been fully healthy and available. Right. It's not and good. the cost of that fifth year option, even as just a base level one or level two fifth year option price, it's not cheap. No, it's not going to be cheap. Not like, with those extensions that were signed last offseason. Right. So if you go out and you're st- healthy in your three, and then you go out and you play healthy in your four, like I would just try and get something done long term. But you would have to prove it to me in consecutive years and to have to make the decision after what would be the first healthy year for either player with the kind of guaranteed money that you're talking about with the growth of the wide receiver market, I wouldn't have the appetite to do it. I don't think I would do either one. On the contrary, Chase, Waddle, and Smith, you could do those yesterday. You can do those right now. You don't need to see the 2023 right. season. Those right. those are done deals. Right, because the, the production for those three has been super prolific. Chase doing what he did in spite of, what, missing a month with an injury that for other players might have ended their season and came back. I mean, all they did was marvel about how fast of a healer he is. How do you think, okay, Chase, and obviously we're a long way away from really getting into this, but how do you think he ages in the NFL? Because he has like elite play strength, right? Elite play strength. And he's very body control. He's got good hands, like good with the ball in his hands. He's a pretty good route runner, but like, how does that skill set age? Can it, can I invoke a name here? Would love you to. That was, I was hoping for nothing more than that. Whenever I asked the question, what do you think about Des Bryant? It's not a bad, it's not a bad parallel. And I didn't like late stage Des Bryant. Right. I think that's the question is if you're Jamar, your hope is you don't incur that that injury, right? That injury mm-hmm. that removes some of the dynamic explosiveness on that would compound slowing you down on top of you aging. Now, that's not anything that Cincinnati has to worry about right now or with your second contract. Right. I think it's more of a middle of your third contract question. So I think like the next five years, and Des, Des put up elite production in the NFL for – through his sixth, he led the league in touchdowns in his fifth season. And then he played half a year, but he had good production that year. And that he kind of bounced back, still missed three games, but had eight touchdowns and 800 yards. And then it, the wheels really, really fell off at age 30. So I think that's your window for Jamar is it's like, if you can avoid that injury that saps you in your late twenties, I think you'll be good until you're in your early thirties. I'll say this about Jamar Chase. If I'm him, I'm becoming best friends with Devontae Adams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I feel yes. like that type of evolution would be your your best case scenario there, obviously, right? I mean, that that's not close, but you know, I think that you can see some evolution parallels there that would make a lot of sense. Well, and the, the good news for Jamar, too, is he came in the league at 21. Yeah. Right. And so, he's with Joe Burrow. Yes. So I I think you have I think he will age incredibly well through his second contract. The yeah. question is what does kind of that 30 31 window look like as compared to 
you see some smaller receivers that were predicated off speed who they might not have the same speed, but they also have the craftiness. Like I think about like Deshaun Jackson, right? Who just announced his retirement, right? But Deshaun was was still making an impact in a skill-specific type of role by his, his mid-30s, where I think you see some of the, the more physical power-style players um, don't necessarily always get there with grace. All right. So in the next segment here, Kyle and I are going to offer a couple of predictions each for what we think is going to happen with this market over the next 12 months. Stick with us. We'll be right back. So I think Des Bryant's the, you got me down the rabbit hole. I think Des Bryant's the worst case scenario and your best case scenario is probably Andre Johnson. Ooh, talk about elite play strength. And Andre put up 1400 yards in his year, his age 32 season. That was with Shanahan, right? Uh, In 2013. I think Shanahan was in, um, Washington at that point. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So that Texans team, right? He was on the Texans still. Yeah. Yes. That team went two and fourteen and had a fourteen hundred yard receiver with like Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak. Kubiak. That was the name I was thinking of. Gary Kubiak. Yeah. But even case in point, like in the year thirty two season. Andre Johnson put up 1,400 yards. He played three seasons after that and put up 1,400 yards in the three mm. seasons after that and then was done. Uh, what were those ages again? 33, 34, 35. He did 1,400 yards wow. in 33, 34, 35 and did 1,400 yards in year 32 and did 16 in year 31. Monster, man. So Jamar Chase, again, year two contract, you're going to be great. First half of your year three contract, I think you'll be good, but that's, that's kind of your window. Who was his, his big rival was Cortland Finnegan. Yeah. They they were the dudes that threw hands. Oh man. Cortland Finnegan. You can remember Chris Berman on primetime. Finnegan. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Berman had some good ones. Hey, a fun fact, since we're talking wide receivers, how many seasons did Andre Johnson have double digit touchdowns? Oh, man, I guess eight. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's a healthy amount. That'd be No, that's a lot. Maybe, maybe less. I'll go seven. Seven? Yeah. Zero. Whoa! Right. Whoa, he's got the Julio Jones said, thing going for him. Okay. We're you got to be I'm big gonna, to win in the red zone. I'm going to do the thing, okay? Oh, boy. Four, six, two, five, eight, eight, nine, eight, two, four, five, three, four, two. Are those his receiving totals? Those are his touchdowns. Those are his per season touchdowns across a 14 year career. Dude, I would have never thought that. There's your fun fact for the day. Thank you. Yeah. Now that we did the Andre Johnson bit and the Des Bryant bit. Yeah, exactly. Go on to bold predictions. Anytime you're talking about the wide receiver market going forward in 2023, you got to bring up Des Bryant. Andre Andre Johnson. Imagine not listening to this podcast. Prediction time? Yeah, let's do it. I've got one. Oh, I got two because we're supposed to have yeah, two. Yeah, we, we both have two, but go ahead. I uh, I don't know how I snuck this one through. I very purposely didn't bring up this player for this entire conversation to this point, and it worked. So here's my first prediction. 
Amon Ra St. Brown, who is extension eligible, is the first 2021 wide receiver to sign a long-term extension with their team. They can do they they should do that like as Asa. soon as the season's over, yeah. right? Yeah, I would think so. Cause I feel like that's necessary. They love him, they drafted him, right? He's been really productive. But I feel like things are gonna get real dicey with the Chase Waddle Smith stuff. Right. I mean, now those guys are going to push for some bucks, man. Right. Um, and and in the case of all of the players, there's there's complicating players on their teams, right? With we just talked about the Bengals and all their guys. Waddle's got Hill making tons of money. Smith's got AJ Brown. You have all three teams that are like obviously the Eagles are already paying Hertz, but you know, we expect something to happen here with Burrow and, and Dua potentially as well. I think there's some complicated layers there that is going to make St. Brown the first one of those those uh, 21 receivers to sign that long-term deal. I also have an Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, man. So that you probably kept kept your mouth shut on him as well. Uh, yeah, we were. I was like, yeah, we're going to keep going through wide receivers. Okay. <laughs> right. Mine's dollar-related, dollar though. Ooh. Amon Ross St. Brown contract extension will be $24 million per season. 24. Let's go, Kyle. So here's the breakdown. Tyreek Hill at 30. Amon Ryan touching that. No. Right? Devontae Adams at 28. He ain't touching that. Cooper Cup, 26.7. He's not touching that. Then you go 25, A.J. Brown. D.K. Metcalf and Stephon Diggs are at 24. Then you go 23.85, Debo Samuel. 23.2 Terry McLaurin and then all the way down to DJ Moore at 20.6. So there's your gaps. 25 to 24 and then 23 8 to 20 has three players in it and they're almost all of them are just over 20. So he's either going to land after Terry and be between DJ Moore at 20.6 and Terry at 23.2, or they'll say, look, cap's growing. We're going to get you under contract. We are understanding this wide receiver market is going to continue to compound itself rather quickly. You're averaging over 1,000 yards per season. We expect him as the primary pass catcher to probably go for, what, 1,100, 1,200 yards again this year? Yeah. Put him down for 24 and he'll be one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on the list with three primetime contract extensions coming up. He's already going to be a fringe top 10 paid player. So I got him down for 24. That's bad news for the Bengals. They don't want to hear that. T's got to be shooting for A.J. Brown money, right? 25 plus. I'm sure. That That's a bold one, Kyle. That's a bold one. You're going to go out there a little bit. No, I, I like it. I like it. If you made me pick, like, if you set the over-under at 24, I'd probably take the under. But I love what you brought to the table there. By the way, Lions uh, are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th in projected cap space for 2024. And they have nearly $20 million in rollover cap for this year right now as things currently stand okay. as well. Got a few bucks. Got a few bucks. They got the dollars to spend. My my second prediction is suddenly not very good. 
based on what you just brought Good. to the table. Glad. So let, let me get my boring one out of the way. And we get uh, a real cleanup hitter back up to the plate. My second, my <laughs> second one was we get at least two new $20 million AAV wide receiver contracts, which two between Higgins and Pittman and St. Brown. Uh, see, it feels like there's probably three for sure. Um, but I, I, I felt like it had some merit as being bold considering the, we didn't touch that this off season. And I wasn't really sure we would get the extensions, the long-term stuff yet from Chase Waddle or Smith. So I was kind of leaning into Higgins and Pittman and then like, you know, as hedges you have Ridley or, you know, I don't know if somebody really breaks out between Mooney and Davis or something like that, but I think you get at least two uh, 20 million AAV wide receiver contracts, St. Brown, Higgins, Pittman. I think you're most likely contenders there. My other take is also a little spicy. One of the two San Francisco 49ers staples at wide receiver will not return in 2024. <laughs> All right. Well, what what's whatever Wednesday we're doing, I'll I'll do better. Um there's precedent here. I mean, they've traded away players, they've done this. Buckner. So and Ayuk is will play. Ayuk is scheduled to play on a $14 million fifth year option in 2024. $14 million. One year fully guaranteed. Debo was not great last year relative to the standard he set the previous season. Uh, There's flexibility with a potential trade for Debo. Um, He's his, he's already got two void years on the back end of his deal. He'll be 28. He is a player who they get scheme touches to. I I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing Debo Samuel's value as a player. But if he misses time again and what puts up 700 yards receiving again and you're scheduled to have a $28 million cap hit that you could potentially transition from as a team that's invested a lot and, and probably is going to have to continue to try to thread the needle with maintaining as much of your salary cap space as possible. Future the, 40, the, 49ers, the 49ers are projected to be $13 million negative against the cap when mm. the 2024 offseason starts. So they'll have to rearrange some stuff. And I don't... Are you going to get Ayuk under the big-time contract? And you could probably thread the needle and keep them both in 2024 and then move in in 2025. But... You also, I think, if you're going to optimize whatever transition you're going to make as a team that has made no significant draft picks over the last two years, I mean, you have made a first-round pick since when? It's been a minute. You didn't pick the, you didn't pick the top 100 this year. Man, who was there? Was I up their last first-round pick? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. So... That's that's my hot take is I, I I don't know how sustainable that entire nucleus is. And if they're going to maximize a transition window, doing it sooner rather than later would be the way to do it. Kyle brought the heat today. Trying to keep everybody engaged, you know. Hope everybody enjoyed. We have um 
thing called training camp starts this week. Heard about it. Yeah. The vast majority of teams across the league. I'm already enjoying all of the overreactions everybody has on social media to every clip to come out of Jets camp. So I can only imagine when we turn that up 31 times, how fun the timeline is going to be on. Well, and they've, Jets. it's been, it's been just the Jets too, right? Like, right. So. Needlessly nitpicking everything. It's practice. Let them try are, stuff. The updates I don't want are this one. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson went down with a right leg injury and was carted off the field. When did that come out? Literally three minutes ago. Well, this podcast is cursed, so we're going to shut it down for the night. Hopefully, we get good news on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this discussion on wide receivers and come back and see us again soon. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Peace.